2: welcome back in here on this monday afternoon lunch hour for some of you uh, as we hang out here <laughs> all right so i thought the next topic was fascinating um i've heard dana talk about this a lot about um the people that are able to go and particularly have dinner alone i think that's the hard thing i think some of the other like the drinks alone and the lunch alone that that stuff isn't as hard but to just be able to go and have dinner in a restaurant by yourself and be comfortable and be okay feels like a superpower for some people that other people are just terrified of. And so there's a website that we follow for news stories that drew a connection between people who say they dine alone and loneliness levels in those people, which I laughed at because it makes the assumption that the only reason you would eat by yourself in a restaurant is because no one will go with you <laughs> and not because it's a choice.
1: Yeah, not that not that you don't have anybody to ask.
2: Right. And and so I, I laugh at this a little bit and I want to talk a little bit more about it, in part because I just traveled for 17 days by myself. And unless you just want to eat dinner in your hotel room every time, you're gonna go out and, and you're gonna eat by yourself in places. And it it took me a long time to get comfortable with it. And 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 we could and for those of you that have call and tell us like how you get to that place of being comfortable. But I also think restaurants need to get better at, at not being so flustered with solo diners. In what the, way?
1: Is it flustered how that's interesting. I, I,
2: I think in part they need to stop. I think part of it is tone. Like when you walk in, are you alone? <laughs> like, is it, is it just yeah. you? And then, and then there's this moment of like, We don't know where to put you. We don't, like, should we just put you at the bar? Should we hide you somewhere? Where do you want to be? We don't want to take up a four top with you, you know? Do you want to be social or do you not want to be social? They just don't yet know how to handle it.
1: There was was a movie that came out a long time ago. Steve Martin was the star of the movie. Uh, It was called The Lonely Guy. And there's a scene in that movie where he walks into a restaurant alone, and as soon as he walks in, and his waiter is taking him over to his table, all the lights go down, and boom, there's this spotlight on him as he's uh-huh. walking through the restaurant, and everybody's looking at him, you know, and and that's I'm sure how it feels for some people who don't have those kinds of tricks worked out. In the few times that I've dined alone, boy, it's it's been a little while too. The one thing that I found it the hardest to do is I normally eat pretty fast anyway. Uh huh. If I'm by myself and there's no conversation, I'm going to sit down. They're going to bring me my food, and five minutes later, I'm done and ready to leave.
2: But that's okay, though, right? Like, there's I guess they they probably don't mind that. No, (laughs) that's true. They can get the heck out.
1: They can flip the table easier that way. Sure.
2: Yeah. But it does.
1: It feels wrong to sit down in a restaurant for that short a period of time and then all of a sudden be like, uh, can I have my check now? Dad was a traveling salesman for a long time, and and the one thing that he did that was sort of his trick, because he almost always dined alone when he was out you know, selling, is bring a newspaper.
2: Yeah, what you see a lot now is that people are just on their phones. On the
1: phone, sure. Yeah, same, same idea, on different, your phone. different yeah. era. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, somebody's just asking, somebody just said, I've worked in restaurants for years, but the majority of time I go out to dinner, it's by myself. I've never experienced or seen or even heard of anyone being treated like that. Where are you getting this information? Well, I travel alone to 20 something countries so far. It's, it it just, call me and tell me I'm wrong, but I just feel like sometimes restaurants don't it's just not a normal thing in society. Maybe that's a better way to put it. We have not normalized that experience of just going into a restaurant and having dinner by. And I'm not talking about like lunch at Panera. I'm talking <laughs> about nice evening meal. I think we just don't know how to handle that yet. Yeah, because that that is supposed
1: to be or not supposed to be, but it's something that we've been trained to think is a much slower experience and a much more social experience than, like you said, just going out to eat lunch by yourself. I mean, who doesn't do that? Because you're usually at work.
2: Yeah, and we'll get to your here in a second. But if if this is more normal for you, I'm kind of curious about both sides. Those of you that are freaked out by this love Dana but Dana is among those that say this is a scary experience and those who do it a lot how have you gotten comfortable with it that we can teach everybody else
1: let's go to Diane in Leavenworth and see what she's thinking hey Diane
3: hi guys I'm glad Jamie you're back and John thank you great thank you Uh, you know I've been going out to eat when I do decide to since my husband passed away and you do get a funny look every once in a while from even the customers But, you know, I'm there to have my dinner and enjoy it. And, like, you know, when you have a course meal instead of, like, a family style, I think they do have a tendency to treat you a little bit differently because, you know, your major D or whoever's coming around and saying, well, are you you ready for this or that? And uh, I think just sitting by yourself. And I'm there to feed my faith. I don't. I don't feel anybody else is. Yeah. So you know, but it's it's. I think it's hard to get into, especially when you know you have a a, a a significant other, and you know they're not there. Or, but I live in a small enough town where I can go anywhere to eat, and I'm bound to have some idiot come up and say, "What are you doing here by yourself?" You know.
1: Wow. Yeah, I I would never. Diane, thank you. Thanks very much for the call. Yeah, I I couldn't imagine walking up to somebody alone at their table and going, what are you doing here by yourself? Uh, <laughs> none of your damn business, I think, is the answer to that question.
2: Yeah. That's, wow. Um, Diane,
1: slug them next time.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Um, So I did two really nice dinners on this trip. Um, The exchange rate benefits the U.S. dollar greatly in New Zealand. So you can do... I think it's like sixty three to one. So you can do a meal that's a hundred bucks and, and you're out of there for 60 or so, which is great. And they don't tip in New Zealand, so that, that helps even more. So, But I did two really nice dinners because I, I researched restaurants and stuff ahead of time. And I, in that comment section, when you can make your reservation online, sometimes I will say, if I can, in that comment section, I prefer to be like i'm 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 by myself and I even said a couple of times like first trip to New Zealand, you know, give me a chatty bartender or something like that because I want to learn things. What I appreciated was the restaurants that clearly read that and um met that like there there was one time where I said, I'd rather not be in the middle of the room like I I, I don't like attention being on me anyway Don't put me in the table in the middle of the room yeah. There was one restaurant that tried to do that after i explicitly said that in the email ahead of time i'm like okay seriously there was another place that put me at the bar and it, it was a great bartender and he was from the town that i was going to next and he was young and it was fun and it was the only time that i tipped in two and a half weeks because he was like crafting cocktails and like coming up with new stuff and let me try everything that he was working on it was just a great experience I think if you I think it's. I sort of feel like it's restaurant week, like we kind of look at restaurant week as like, oh, you know, people aren't going to tip well. And so we're just going to like handle that experience really well. And I will tell everybody about that.
1: Yeah, well, definitely. And, And Diane brought up something, too, that I wonder about. There were a couple of places when I was in Nashville that were like this. And one of my favorite restaurants in the entire world, a place in New York City in Little Italy is like this where you walk in and you're going to sit down at a picnic table with 20 other people that you don't know.
2: Community table. I love that too. Do we have any? Not that I know of. It's 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 less of an American thing. Somebody correct me. It's it's that's more of a European thing. I can't think of a place here that does that like by default. Yeah. Sometimes you can do it if you you know, if you ask, but it's not by default.
1: There's a place and I, I think it's called Norton's uh, over on the St. Louis side that you could do it either way. They had, you know, single tables or they had the picnic tables in the middle of the room and wherever you wanted to sit, you could sit. Um, yeah, I like that. Is And that is one of those cures to dining alone because you're not alone. Now you're at a table with a whole bunch of other people.
2: And it's always it's also a really good way to just meet people again while traveling yeah. that happened where there was a coffee shop next to where i was going to take a cruise out for the day of one of the fjords there and you know i'm sitting there with my coffee and there's there's two couples sitting at a table and there's two seats there and i ask can i join you and they say of course they end up they're in my hotel 200 miles away i mean we end up you end up seeing those people and that's how you make friends yeah. it's i don't know if we just got to get more comfortable with that idea of interacting with strangers Maybe more maybe. than we are.
1: Well, yeah, you and I interact with strangers all the time, but usually, <laughs> usually it's here doing this. So, yeah, uh, let's. In fact, let's do that now and bring in John in Kansas City up next. Hey, John. Hey, what's going on? You tell us about it. I love your show. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, when I lived in Aspen, uh, there was a bar, a bar restaurant there that had a joiner table like you guys were
4: just talking about, and it said like nine or eleven people, and you just meet people from around the world. Yeah, I, mean, I
1: couldn't afford to do it, but once a month because broke, but. I get that too. Yeah, right. Yeah, Um, but yeah. His motto was excess and moderation. Oh, I love it. Now, do you do you dine out a lot by yourself? Not anymore. But when I was traveling, I did. I mean, I just sit at the bar and just have a couple beers and eat there. I wouldn't. I don't think I'd ever sit at a table by myself. You know. Yeah. Yeah. It is tougher. All right, Uh, John. Thanks. Yeah, I, I. I think that's probably the best way to do it. But I just don't know. Like you said, uh, it's a much more European way of doing things, and mm-hmm. we tend to reject a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah. even if one opened here tomorrow, somebody said um, somebody mentioned Casey Beer Company doing that. Okay, yeah, I've not been. Um, that's great to know. And somebody else mentioned a bar in Overland Park. They say it's very small, but they have a big community table in the in the middle. I love that kind of seating. If you can remember the name of it, let me know because I'd love to take Jen and do something like that.
2: Yeah, I don't do it. I, I very rarely, especially dinner, go out to dinner alone here. It is something I do a lot more when I'm traveling because what's the alternative? Sure. It's just also when I want to interact more and, and, and meet people and that kind of thing. I sort of feel like here, like I'll just cook, you know, or I'll just take it to go. I don't, I don't need, <laughs> I'm just more pressed for time Yeah. here usually. So uh, let's see, let's get Jacob on out of Platte City here. Hey, before Jacob. We move on. Hey, John. Welcome back, Jamie. <laughs> Thank you. So
1: um, I I preferably am not the type that likes to go out to eat by myself. Just not really into it. I'd rather have somebody to go chat to, catch up with a friend or something. I just find it boring to eat by myself. But And I think I attribute that to I spent a good two years of my life where I drove over the road uh, truck, and I ate by myself every night. Um, sometimes you'd have an old driver to talk to, and – and used, that used to be back back with the older school drivers. Everybody would always kind of gather around because there used to always be a space just for drivers, and those don't really exist anymore. Um, of course, the brotherhood's not really there anymore either, but, and it definitely wasn't when I was on the road. So I, I attribute that two years of eating by myself to why I don't like to do it. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, and it makes sense. Jacob, thanks. It just, you know, there's got to be ways around it because sometimes you end up in a situation, especially if you are traveling, where cooking for yourself isn't even an option.
2: Yeah, and you want to go experience a place. And, you know, and and I often feel like that's the way to do it.
1: Um, a couple more have come in. Somebody said Wheatfields in Lawrence has a, a big community table. Somebody else mentioned First Watch. Really? Really? I, I, uh, I've I only been to a couple First Watches here been to the one uh, in South Overland Park, like uh, I think it's on 151st. I've been to that one, and there's another one that's down the block from here on Shawnee Mission Parkway. And I don't know if they did; I didn't notice them.
2: So I feel like there's, um, I feel like there's a difference between having a designated community table, which is what I think you and I are talking about, like restaurants that are designed for that. Versus restaurants that are just friendly toward, hey, if we have big tables and there's only four people there, just shove them all together and. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll just kind of do that. But if you know of others, and if you like that experience, somebody on the text line just ranted against <laughs> one of the experiences they had at a community table in Denver. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> because they hated, were all in their own conversation.
1: Hated every minute of it because every group was trying to have their own conversation. Yeah, see, that's that totally goes against the point of sitting like that. It's supposed to be, hey, how you doing? I'm Dave. You know, whatever.
2: If you want to get in here, um, some of you were texting in. We got do a break, but the other stuff that you are willing to do what, not just willing, but like normalizing doing certain things alone that we still think is weird. What are some of the other stuff that we should put in that category? We'll take a break. We'll get to more of your comments next on KMBZ. 913 586 Okay, uh what is today national what? It's National Noodle
1: Ring Day. <laughs> I've been waiting for this. Yeah, effectively Spaghettios is what we're talking about ask. here. They just didn't want to use a brand name.
2: Is it any do noodle rings come in any other form than Spaghettios? And if we're really going to take creative license, tortellini.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, that's right. Yeah, uh, because that's a stuffed pasta. But yeah, it does come in ringlets. So I guess that would count. Uh, The only other place where I've ever seen ring pasta like that is sometimes you'll find it in like chicken soup. But usually they're, they're a little bigger and a little thinner. Uh, like the gauge of the pasta isn't quite as big as SpaghettiOs, you know, because that stuff sits in that sauce for decades before you buy it. Uh, uh-huh. And and so, yeah, they're, they're kind of um, a, a little yeah, larger around, but a smaller gauge of pasta. So, yeah, those are kind of nice too.
2: I'm laughing at gauge of pasta. You're right. That's the right word for it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it that makes sense. It just is such a technical term for it. Um, yeah, I feel like chicken noodle o's are the same yeah as spaghettios yep right they're thin skinny yes. like that yeah. too.
1: yeah and uh, and that works just as well uh i am a spaghettios and meatballs person that's that's my preference if i'm going to do pasta rings at all but you really can't go wrong i mean pasta anything is fine
2: <laughs> i'm laughing because beefaroni i shouldn't admit this but like i grew up on beefaroni uh-huh. that was my of the chef boy rd products of the squishy pasta in a can, <laughs> squishy. That yes, was the this. that was the option of of the non al dente pasta in a can that yeah. you could get as a kid. Beefaroni was what I lived well, yeah, on. That's really funny. I
1: didn't I didn't even thought of that or put that together. But even though they're almost precisely the same thing, as much as I love spaghettios and meatballs, raviolis are a no go. Raviolis. Oh wow,
2: yeah. you're right. That's a thing. And
1: it was And, yes. it's, and it's the same meatballs. It's exactly mm-hmm. the same meatballs. They're just wrapped in pasta instead of having the, the spaghettios with them. And I don't like them at all.
2: Is it just because it's a bigger, mushy thing? Probably
1: than a smaller, mushy thing. It's got to be a texture thing. So yeah, uh-huh. I'm sure that's probably what it is because that that large, flat pasta that they make the raviolis out of it it seems to get even soggier and squishier, like you said, than the spaghettios
2: do. Yeah, I'm surprised I like beefaroni because it's like where else in where else does does food come in that shape <laughs> of? It's not a noodle. I mean, it's supposed to be sort of, but it's a yeah. little what I don't even know what to what to compare it's, that to.
1: It's almost a macaroni except it's straight. It's not curved, and and they're a little bit uh, a little bit longer, I think, but and
2: thicker. Yeah, they're yeah. they're it's like the tip of your pen. That's what it's. <laughs> That, that, that's sort of what it compares to.
1: Yeah. And instead of and having meatballs, it's, mushy too. it's just the little kind of, yeah, it's like ground beef just kind of thrown in, like meat sauce, sort of.
2: Yeah, I think we're being kind when we call it meat <laughs> yeah. sauce, but yeah um can you get it anywhere free today usually if it's a day for a thing there's somewhere that is chef Boyardee or d or anybody giving away
1: unfortunately no uh we, they, i mean they give us a little bit of a history of noodle ring day but there's not any deals it's not like on donut day where duncan will give you a free donut or whatever or mm-hmm. Krispy Kreme. uh but yeah it's just it was just a little recognition for one of my favorite foods one of my favorite six-year-old foods
2: Well, speaking of favorite foods, that's a good, we can keep with that here. The takeout.com asked this question this morning. How much should pizza cost? I've asked this about Italian food because it's really just flour and it should never be expensive and Mexican food also because it really is just, you know, it's kind of all the same stuff. It shouldn't be expensive. How much should a good pizza cost?
1: And yet, pizza has gone through the roof over the last couple of years. It's of all the things that we've seen inflation hit, it seems like takeout pizza or delivery pizza has just gone incredibly high. I mean, to the point where it's almost double what you were paying a few years ago for a pie. And I know, like you said, I mean, it's it's flour. You know, flour prices have gone up the same as everything else has gone up, but it hasn't gone up that high. The thing is, I think they're they're finding the ingredients like the toppings mm-hmm. are really starting to go, and cheese cheese is really expensive right now too. So maybe it's a combination of all of that. But to me, if if we're talking about just a large, and by large I mean sixteen inch, fourteen mm-hmm. inch, sixteen inch, uh, cheese pizza, I'm thinking a good solid price for that, where they're still going to be able to make money on it, but they're not going to be just too exorbitant, is going to be about fifteen bucks, and yet compare that to what
2: a lot of them are getting for that right now and it's way more than that all right we'll get into the story out of the takeout coming up if you want to tell like a good what's the most you would pay for a good pizza we'll get to that coming up here in KMBZ.
0: tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone news in order to secure convictions
1: in a court of law it is essential that we conclusively sports that clock at four Doncic.
2: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. How much should pizza cost? TheTakeOut.com asked that question, noting how much pizza prices, when you go and order it in a restaurant, have gone up. What have you noticed? And like, what's your limit? At what point do you say no, no, no?
1: Yeah, that's Not that's anymore. just too much for a pizza. Let's go to Trish in Overland Park. Hey, Trish, what are you thinking?
4: Hi. Well, I I don't know that I really have a limit. It depends on where I go and how much I like their pizza there. But my comment is that I think most of us forget that employees are demanding a fifteen dollar an hour wage. And in order for employers to get sufficient help to run their businesses, there, a lot of them are having to pay even more than that, 19 or $20 an hour, just to have the people that can uh, supply their customers. And so we have uh, to expect the prices of the pizza to go up 4 or
2: $5. But that's scale, right? I mean, 4 or $5 based on what?
4: No, you have to expect the price of the pizza to go up 4 or $5. I
2: know, but based on what price? 4 or $5 based on a $30 start or $15 start? You know on what I mean? start,
4: just about. I mean, you know, depending on the size, like a small pan pizza, $2. And it goes up.
1: Yeah, I, I can see it to some degree. Uh, Trish, thank you for the call. I, I don't know. I mean, the amount of money that they're spending uh, – over and above what minimum wage was, and keep in mind, I mean, a lot of the jobs at pizza shops weren't minimum wage jobs before that. Right. That you're talking about again an economy of scale, where if you're selling thirty or forty pizzas in that hour, then you, you know, you take that amount of money that you're spending, and all of a sudden, it's not four or five dollars a pizza that you're adding on to it; it's a few cents. So, I, I don't know that that necessarily is what makes up the difference. It'll make up some of it. But the rise in price that we've seen, if it were solely because of what it costs to employ somebody at a restaurant, then every restaurant would have gone up that much.
2: And they haven't. I mean, pizza has been the outlier here. Here's another question. How much should toppings cost? I'm a I'm a purist. Like, if, if it's up to me, I'm doing just cheese. Yeah. Maybe one thing. Uh, maybe one meat on top. Um, So I would rather the base... Pizza cost less and raise the price of the toppings, especially if those toppings are going up in price. If you are paying suddenly a lot more for bacon or you're paying a lot more for green peppers or whatever, then don't charge more for the base pie. If I don't get that thing, charge more for the toppings then.
1: Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I mean, she was quite accurate when she said, "Okay, well, it it depends on where I go and how much I like their pizza. Sure. That's what's always going to make the difference. But when I see some of them that have just always been, in fact, somebody on the text line mentioned, and I will not mention them by name, mm-hmm. but the very same restaurant that I called out on our thread this morning and said, yeah, these guys, because their pizza, it's not bad. It's just incredibly expensive in comparison to everybody else. And I don't know how you, uh, how you justify that. Uh, whether People it's, will pay it. Yeah. That's how. Well, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's exactly right. Um, But when I see them going up by a lot where other places just haven't, Uh, it makes me wonder why is it that anybody would pay that much? I mean, do you have a baseline for what you think is a fair price for a pie?
2: Okay, so I'm looking at Pizza 50's One's website. I'll Um, mention it because I'm I'm not going to criticize them, Um, which I've said before is my favorite. Now, I never buy a whole pizza there. I always do the slice, which, if I'm not mistaken, has not. I can't remember how much it was pre-pandemic, but I, I just do the slice four dollars seventy-five cents, and I do a couple things on it. Okay. So I'm looking at what they do for their their pie prices, and because I would be willing to pay this, they do a 14 inch, and then it's build your own after that, but it starts at 14. dollars That's perfect. Eight, yeah, 18 inch starts at 18. They do a 26 inch that starts at 30, and then there's a gluten free that goes a little higher. So you said 16 inch is kind of what you would consider kind of the, yeah. to be like Just a standard. So eight, so they're 18. They're 18 inches, 18 bucks.
1: Right, and the 14 is 14. So it's if it, kind of right in the middle. So if they had a 16, it would probably be 15 or 16 dollars. We could kind of you know make that uh, that leap, and yeah, I think that's more than fair. But uh, I mean, sometimes you know, you order a single pizza and the bill comes and it's 30 bucks
2: and you're thinking, what is for a pizza? Wow. Their toppings are two dollars a piece. Is that normal?
1: Uh, yeah, buck and a half, two bucks. Yeah, that's okay. that's probably about right.
2: Okay, so if you're doing, you know, cheese and sausage on an 18-inch, you're in it for 22, plus tax is gonna get you to 25-ish. Yeah. Okay, I'm okay with that. Sure.
1: Um, now I was just looking. Oh, where are my I got to make sure I'm looking at the right thing because another one of the places that we love, not only because their pizza is good when you want the Chicago deep dish style pizza is third coast uh, in Lenexa. And I've talked about them before, just the the fact that I mean, they have as close as you're going to get to a real Chicago style pizza here. And if that's your thing, um, that's where you're going to get it. And what got me about them is that they weren't terribly expensive. I'm trying to, uh, Oh, it's a little confusing. Deep dish only available in ten and fourteen. Uh, let's see. Yeah, ten inch pie is ten bucks. Twelve inches, fourteen, and fourteen is uh, fourteen inches. Nineteen. That's a little expensive, but when you're talking about thick pizza like that,
2: then you can kind of understand it. Somebody just said um, cheese will co- cheese will be up because of the milk prices. Are milk prices up? Yes. I never buy milk. Um, I'm okay with that because at least that's on every pizza almost. Yeah. And so you can spread that cost across your entire, you know, not everybody's getting bacon, but everybody, almost everybody's getting cheese on their pizza. Sure. So I'm okay with that. I'm okay paying a little bit more. You know, I mean, prices have gone up. I'm, I'm okay with that, but not, I want it to, to kind of align with where prices are going up in general.
1: Yeah, and and if that's the case, then then fine. But I mean, some of it's just getting ridiculous, and especially when it's the chains doing it. I mean, <laughs> Colin mentioned Little Caesars and the uh, you know the hot and ready. Yeah, here's five bucks. Give me a pizza, and nobody's doing that because it's great pizza. We're doing it because it's something to eat and it's really cheap.
2: But there's nothing wrong with that either. Right? Sometimes, really, again, bad pizza can be good pizza. Yeah, it, it just needs to exist in the world. So. Uh, if you have thoughts here, 913-586-7798. All right, still to come, we have a health drink, getting some criticism because of what it's made of. And you have a woman who was diagnosed with certain stomach pains. Turns out that is not at all what the problem was. Get to all that coming up here in KMBZ. All right. We have a company that is based in Mexico. Um feel about this one with what this health drink is made of yeah they're in a lot of trouble too over this
1: so you you may not have to worry about it for much longer jamie they said that they've come up with what they call nature's health secret and all it involves is you mixing a little bit of endangered fish into water and making a drink out of it because boy who doesn't want fish drink it's an ugly fish, too. Have you looked at this thing? The totoaba, yeah. They're, they're Oh, wow. They're not uh, they're not terribly attractive, but it, there's two reasons why this is bad news. One of them is that the totoaba is itself endangered. The other reason is the way they catch a lot of them, and the company that's making this stuff swears that this isn't what they're doing. We'll get to that in a sec. But if they use gill netting, and gill netting doesn't, do like all netting, it doesn't just kill the fish. It also is one of the leading killers of a critically endangered porpoise called the vaquita, and uh, so the, I mean, if they are indeed gill netting, they're causing all kinds of problems. The company says, "Well, no. See, we we get our totuaba from this uh, supplier in California." That's a sustainable farm. they're all farm raised. we don't net anything we don't you know we don't go out into the wild and get these things. The problem with that story is that that farm is not licensed to trade in those fish internationally. They can't sell it to a company in Mexico and so far they have not responded to requests for comment.
2: It is called the cocaine of the sea. <laughs> well it's because the best of tuna. what it's worth. <laughs> right. uh, apparently the the really worthy part of it is the bladder which is what it used to regulate it it's what the it uses to regulate buoyancy
1: yeah it's it's not the the urine bladder like you and right. i would normally think of as what's called a swim bladder which is a it's a muscle it's it's a bladder with a muscle around it that has a little bubble in it and by flexing that muscle they can make the bubble either larger or smaller The same way a submarine goes up and down
2: For centuries, where is this out of uh, QZ.com for centuries? Wealthy Chinese have prized those bladders for making soups thought to ease the discomfort of pregnancy and cure joint pain among ailments. Boy, it could go for $137,000 for one Mm -hmm. that's us for a single one of them. Yeah. I was just looking for what the health benefits are, and the, that's what it is.
1: Yeah, and it's it's all myth anyway. I mean, it's no more healthy. It's no more or less healthy than any fish. But yeah, they. Uh, I mean, there's all kinds of claims, and it's always stuff like that. With it's unprovable, where it's like, oh, myalgia, and and it cures stomach ailments and all of this, and it's like, yeah, okay, sure. But uh, they said because of this, be, be, this is how powerful that mythology is. That you mentioned the price of one fish. Uh they also said that they, this blue formula supplement costs a hundred bucks for two hundred
2: grams. Metric system. What is that? That's what, what is two hundred grams. Eight ounces? Grams to ounces. Two hundred It's somewhere. Seven in the ounces, yep. Seven ounces. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So a hundred dollars for Half a cup, basically. <laughs> right,
1: and 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 how much do you really want to drink fish juice anyway? Fish swim bladder juice.
2: Hmm. I, I, I mean, I'll, if there is a vitamin in it that is good for you. And some are like fish oil is good for the skin. I mean, there are, there are benefits to that. You can just go buy fish oil yes, and it's not horribly expensive (laughs) and works just the same. My favorite thing
1: we were, we went to Costco, uh, I don't know, years ago, four or five years ago, Jen and I were there and walked down the aisle where all the supplements were. And there was one that was fish oil supplements. And you know, what was written right there on the label? No fish burps. (laughs) <laughs> okay, okay if, if that's your big selling point is that i'm not gonna belch and have it taste like fish after i'm done taking one of your little supplement pills i think i'm gonna move on
2: past the fish oil maybe i'll just have some fish uh, Well, that really is i mean actually that's if you want the benefits of the thing yeah call me crazy the thing yep You know, if you want the vitamins that come like instead of taking vitamin C supplements, eat an orange, eat an orange,
1: have a pineapple. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And with this uh, with the fish oil thing. um, Yeah. Omega-3s are really good for you, but Mm -hmm. just have some fish. And if you have baked fish, even better or broiled fish, if it's as long Mm -hmm. as it's not deep fried. But I quite like fish. So, yeah, I'll just go ahead and stick with that.
2: All right and then here out of the daily mail uh, we have a 37 year old woman who went to the doctor because she was suffering she thought from extreme bloating yes she was Uh, she was complaining of pain in her abdomen that she said lasted for 10 days and bloating that had gradually gotten worse in fact she was actually pregnant And her stomach pain was actually from, that wasn't a lie. It was a normally formed fetus that was growing in the space, not in her uterus where it should be, but in the space between the stomach and the bowel. Wow. That almost, and that can
1: happen. Oh, yeah. Ectopic pregnancies, yeah. But th- that almost never happens. And when it does, it's almost always deadly for both the fetus and the woman carrying it. That's that's a very, very tricky thing. I've never heard of a case. I'm sure they exist. I mean, th- there's this one. But I've, this is the first time that I've heard of a case in forever that it was an ectopic pregnancy that was viable.
2: Yeah. Doctors were able to deliver the baby at 29 weeks. Wow. Uh, Within three months, the mother and child were discharged um, and fine. Uh, They're saying the baby was in the peritoneal cavity or the area holding the vital organs with the placenta attached to the top of the pelvis. They say it is very rare. Like you said, almost always fatal. Yeah. Almost never happens where it lives. Um, and in this case, they were able, I mean, they obviously did surgery to do it, but they delivered the baby and we'll be fine.
1: And it's just, it's it, not only is it rare, it's almost impossible to have that happen. Because if you think about the way that the uterus and the, I mean, you, you may have heard ectopic pregnancies referred to as tubal pregnancies. They mm. aren't always, they can be, you know, they, they can be in the fallopian tubes where it implants early. But to have it completely outside like that, uh, yeah, there, there must be some other issue going on there. Some Something was ruptured that allowed the egg and the sperm to get together outside the uterus like that. That's crazy.
2: Uh, the mother had already had two children and had previously suffered from a miscarriage.
1: Okay. Yeah, that would probably do uh, So, right.
2: So, yeah, had had trouble in the past. Um, yeah. A couple of you were asking, like, what's her status now? Like, will she be able to – is her uterus intact and would she be – I mean, probably – because yeah. it wasn't damaged in the in the delivery. Although
1: so, if you have one ectopic pregnancy, you're much more likely to have another one.
2: Yeah, amazing. There are diagrams here and everything that shows. I just, again, I don't know enough about, um, like, like it would make sense to me then if she didn't know that she was pregnant. Because if it's not in the uterus, normal female functions are going to continue yep. because the uterus isn't affected. And so why would she think that she's pregnant? Um, Except I hormone.
1: Yeah, How does the hormone it, that's work? That's right. Yeah. That's what I was thinking is, uh, yeah, would, would the hormone still, yeah, because you would have to have HCG in the system somewhere. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I'll have to read more about that. That's crazy.
2: Out of the Daily Mail, if anybody else wants to look it up. All right. Uh, we'll take a break here. Coming up, we have the exes of two De DeForesties that got together. The exes are dating now. Get to that coming up here in KMBZ.
0: TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports.
1: That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on
0: fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here.